ONV presents a financial pillar. Good morning. Welcome to Our Neutral Voices presents a financial pillar. I'm Ryan Leppard, and today we're going to come to you and talk to you a little bit uh, about taxes. It's that time of year. So join us on the set today as our resident tax expert uh, from ProTax, Chris Hanna. Good morning. Nice to see you guys again. Yeah, it's good to be back. Good to have you back, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and our man of many shows, J.J. Foster. Hey, good morning. Good to be here. Yeah, so um, taxes, right? Uh, it's that time of year again. It's not the greatest subject to talk about, but provide some ta- tips, um, where to go, that type of stuff I uh, want to bring to you today. So, Chris, let's start off by um, I need to get my taxes done. Where should I go? Should I seek out somebody like you, private firm, um, Look for TurboTax, do it myself. What, what, what's your recommendation? Yes. Yes, to all the above? <laughs> you should get your taxes done, first of all, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think it's a very uh, a great idea to find the appropriate uh, tax firm or tax help, mm-hmm. depending on your situation. And uh, it's not kind of a one size fits all necessarily. Uh, you know, I think if you just have W 2s, you know, you and your spouse, or just you have W 2s, you might be able to do TurboTax, you know or some kind of online tax program might be less expensive for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you start getting into rental income, you know, you do lots of stock trading, you're a small business owner, more likely you want to find, you know, somebody more like ourselves at ProTax or other more like a firm, boutique firm or a public accounting firm mm-hmm. that's a little more an expert in those areas. A lot of times those tax programs, when you get into K-1s and 1099s and all that kind of fun stuff, it gets a little confusing for the uh, non-resident expert taxpayer. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned cost. What is the appropriate amount somebody should pay? Like you said, just a W-2 person or a small business owner. What's a good cost? Well, I think, again, I think it depends. I mean, for a small business owner, I think you'd always expect to pay a little bit more because it takes a lot more human expertise, at least at this moment, in tax preparation. Uh, so I think you're going to see probably – you know, for a personal return, probably starting around 300 and up. You know, if you just have W-2s, you know, you may be able to get around that 150 Although it's hard, you know, on the way here this morning, you know, I'm driving this time of the year, and you see the little signs on the side of the road that say, you know, tax repair, $159. Well, the question always is, is it really just $159, or is it $159 to sit down with me, but now when you start having Schedule C or D or those other schedules and... Bam. That's the basic cost, right? That's right. the advertising cost to get you through the door. Yeah, so I, I think you're going to definitely spend a couple hundred dollars no matter what. Um, and I think that's – but you also get the level of expertise too, right? You know, uh, doing a turbo tax, you're paying the expert, which is you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're preparing your own tax return. You're hoping you're doing a good job, and you're paying a little bit for the software, right? Yeah, and I did that for the first time last year. Um, I had gone through a job switch, so I had a couple different W-2s, so it wasn't simple as just one. But I found it to be really, really simple, right? I have a general understanding of taxes and, you know, what kind of things you can write off and stuff from previous years. Because I've always, up until um, I think it was last year was the first year, usually utilized a professional like like yourself. Um, and then that person retired. So I was looking for different options and I just like, okay, let me just try to do this. And for the cost. Yeah. I mean, I was paying somebody a couple hundred dollars to do it because you're paying them for their time. And like you Mm -hmm. said, their expertise. So you kind of get rid of that. But if you're looking for basically to keep your costs down, TurboTax is a good way to do it. And they, they do a good job of walking you through. 
Right? So for somebody with a right. simple, simple W-2. But that's as opposed to a lot of people that don't know this or walking into like an H&R Block, right? And what kind of costs are, you know, are you paying for something like that, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've never walked into H&R Block to get my taxes done. So <laughs> a little hard to know on costs, but I have had, uh, you know, staff that had worked there. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, we're a lot more expensive than H&R Block. Mm-hmm. But they said we're in rally by the time they start adding in all that are thinking H&R Block, we're actually very appropriately priced. And and I, I guess for my clients, like I said, we don't do a whole lot of just W-2 clients. I mean, we will do some. Yep. We're more of a, a small business owner and retiree, you know, firm. And But what you come and find out is that people that are coming in sometimes are looking for that expert help. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for, you know, somebody that's doing their doing understanding taxes all year long. Most time when you get into you know the other firms that are more of the seasonal tax help, you're getting somebody that's kind of their part time job, you know maybe not doing it full time helping out. But again, I think there's all levels because there's going to be some people that don't want to prepare their taxes on the computer themselves. Yeah. So that's where I think an H and R block would be an appropriate firm, or somebody like that would be an appropriate firm that then we want more a little more human interaction. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think a small business owner shouldn't probably be down in that part of the tax industry they should be more with a private firm or you know more of a cpa type more, firm the, the more you do the more complicated your tax return gets the different level of service and, and right. the private firms is kind of what you need but keeping it to just a simple basic w-2 type individual that's one thing um that i always valued in having a tax professional like yourself is the relationship Right. So it wasn't just I'm going to drop off my W-2 once a year and then I come pick it up from you and it's done and I don't see you again until next year. Um, That professional that I utilized had a relationship with them to where I could call them. If it was in the middle of the year, I had questions or anything like that tax related. They're more than happy to take my call and answer some questions and not bill me for it. Right. So that's also one thing you get with a tax professional like yourself, Chris, is is that relationship um, and, and that knowledge or somebody that you can go to if you have questions. Right. Yeah, especially, like I said, if you're a small business owner, you need that a lot more help than just somebody that's just working a couple of W-2 jobs or W-2 jobs. Um, tax code's a little bit easier to handle, you know, in mm-hmm. that situation. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, too, and one of the reasons I asked my question about the about the cost, you know, it's like with anything else, when you have these uh, predatory lending, mm-hmm. there are people that are going to certain communities and doing taxes based off of a, uh, having people pay based off how big their return is. Right. So I wanted to make sure that people understood, as you said, there's a, is a flat fee that you should be paying a couple hundred bucks, not 50% of your return, mm-hmm. not 40% yes. of your return. You yeah. know, understand that. That's what I want to make sure we get clear. I totally agree. Yeah, you're definitely in the wrong place for doing that. It should only be a few hundred bucks, like I said. And, and not to call out anybody in the retail like environment mm-hmm. on there. but And it's been, you know, probably couple decades since I've had any experience with it. But that's the kind of the way it was, is that it was more expensive and they have a little add on like, okay, this is what it costs for the tax return. But if you want to get it expedited, you want it quicker, right? There's an additional cost type stuff like that that's eating into your return, right? Right. And, and there's all kind of alternatives out there. I know from back when I was in college, um, same with you guys maybe, um, and I know some local co- colleges here, you know, really if you just have, you know, a W-2 or a couple W-2s or a pretty simple one and you don't want to do like a TurboTax, a lot of the colleges like um, St. Francis or Indiana Tech or check around your local college, a lot of times they have their accounting department with students and professors actually doing tax returns. Mm-hmm. And usually they're at no cost or very, very inexpensive. 
Um, so there are alternative routes out there that you can find if you just look out there a little bit more. And I think for a lot of people, that'd be good enough for them if they didn't want to prepare their own. Absolutely. And it, it, I don't know if you're familiar with um, TaxCaster, I believe it's TurboTax's mobile app. Um, I utilize that throughout the year, especially when it gets time close to this time where it's the end of the year and you know how much you've made and how much you paid in tax and everything. That thing is extremely accurate. Right. All you do is just plug and play. You just plug in the information that it asks you on there. It's going to come back and tell you what your estimated tax return is. So you know that before you ever even go to anybody. And then from there, there's a link. Like, so if you want to purchase the TurboTax um, program to actually do it, I believe it just updates all the information that you, you plug in from the TurboTax. And then, you know, you kind of do it yourself there, but relatively inexpensive. And like I said, it just seemed like it was just plug and play with the information. Yeah. And, and as a, you know, for a small business owner, that's where, you generally need a firm like ours who can help out a little more. I, we kind of call it sometimes, do you want to record history or do you want to make history? Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of clients in because what they tell me is, you know, I went to a so-and-so accounting firm here in town and I, I'm a business owner. I give them my tax stuff, but I'm always looking for a little more conversation. And what happens a lot of times is that, you know, other accounting firms get really busy at preparing taxes, but not answering the questions or helping out. And that's one advantage of like our firm is I've got CPAs who can do the taxes. I'm not a CPA, but I've been in the industry for over 20 years. I have a lot of understanding, but I can kind of come from as a consultant point of view, or as I call kind of interpreting the CPA language <laughs> to the to the business owner. They say, here are things that you can do to help reduce your taxes. And we have the CPA right there that can mm-hmm. sit there and go, yep, I agree, or yep, here's how it's got to work. And it gives that client a little bit more conversation than I think other firms do because you know, we don't have everybody is so focused on taxes that they don't have time to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. And you say it from the business side. So what about from the individual side, back to that W-2 mm-hmm. person? One of the biggest things I hear, uh, everybody's kids have grown up. Somebody's making good money. Now they're paying taxes. What 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 kind of insights, what kind of tips would you have for somebody? What kind of deductions can they, can they get? That's a great question, JJ, because every year I think I explain that to somebody. <laughs> because every year, you know, you got people that have had, you know, two, three, four kids and haven't been paying very much taxes for years. And all of a sudden they come in and sit down and we do the taxes and they go, I've never paid this amount of taxes in my life. You guys must have did something wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of like, no, you know, you've had children. And you've gotten, you know, two or three thousand dollars off your tax. So understanding kid, right? Understand what you're tax getting the return for. Right. right. It was for your kids. You don't get that anymore. They're grown. Right. And all of a sudden you could be making the same amount of money and owing taxes. Well, you know, that's a great thing why they have the IRA contributions. And I tell clients that's really where you have to really if you haven't been kicking it in before your kid got old enough, now's the time to really look at the IRA contributions at least. Um, so that way you can kind of use money that are contributing to your IRA to help reduce your tax liability. So I think IRAs is one of those areas that, you know, maybe when you had the children growing up, you didn't have the extra cash flow necessarily to put money in the IRAs. Or, you know, if you're working for an employer, maybe you can put more into your 401k, you know, max it out. That's one way to control it. The other great way I love it is the HSAs, you know. Which for HSA, health savings account. Health savings account. You know, that, and that, that is usually run through... Uh, a lot of times an employer plan or a health insurance plan, you have to have that HSA as part of it. You can't just go out and get your own HSA, although politicians, I would like to see that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, having that HSA contribution, I, I'm not sure the exact amount, but it's probably, you know, $7,500, $8,000 a year. That's 
money that you can put away for future expenses that, again, can reduce your tax liability. So those are two areas that would be quick and easy is retirement planning and health savings account if your plan allows it. Absolutely. Yep. So so as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I went through a job change a couple of years ago. And when you get with a new employer, right, they're asking you to fill out your tax documents and everything like that so they know how much to withhold. Right. So they ask you, you know, what are you claiming? Zero, one, whatever the case may be. Speak to us about that. What do those numbers mean? What are we doing when we fill out those documents? Honestly, I don't know. That's usually when I have to call my CPA. So, you know, I would talk to your CPA first. Uh-huh. Uh, so to me, all that stuff is really difficult. Yeah, I, I don't understand why we put zeros and ones down. You know, why can't I just pick 12%? Again, in politicians, that'd be great if we just pick percentages instead of numbers that don't mean anything to us. How many we're claiming? Yes, it, yeah. right. How many we're claiming? So, you know, first I'd talk to your tax professional if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously if you do zero you're going to withhold the most taxes that you can. I do know that much. Yep. You know, and then the further you go, the less taxes get withheld. So obviously, if it's just you and your wife or you, you probably should be doing zero at the minimum. Um, you know, start after that point, they have some worksheets that you can start doing one or two, you know, how many cakes you have. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I see is, as you mentioned, when people are switching jobs or moving around, is sometimes people don't put the appropriate number down or, as JJ was talking about, Life changes, you know, the longer the kids are in the house or out of the house and are paying more in taxes. Um, or you, you turn your stuff into the HR and somebody on that side doesn't really get the right number down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're getting your taxes done and you find out you owe more taxes. And I've seen this where clients will come in and they're like, um, I had a guy wasn't even my client come in recently, uh, although I'm trying to work pretty hard at and say, hey, here's how we can help you in the future. Mm-hmm. But he was withholding like 7%, and his tax bracket was 22%. <laughs> and and he, he was doing his own taxes. Numbers ta- don't math, right? No, and he, yeah. was doing, and he was doing his own taxes. And as I think what happened, you know, his wife kind of said, honey, either you're messing up on our taxes or you need to go find somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so he, he called me up, and as we sat down and looked through the numbers, sure enough, you know, he's holding 7% instead of 22%. He's never going to have enough. So, you know, I think I saved his marriage. Um, I told him withhold more. Let your wife go home and let say, honey, it wasn't me. It was tax code. Yeah. You know, so I think that probably you made gave him marriage. And I said, hey, buddy, when, when you retire and you got your big 401k, make sure you come and see me. Yeah. You know, I won't charge you today on this. But, you know, wow. so that tax withholding is really, really important um, to help you get your refunds yeah. or at least get well, close. Uh, I w- as I was mentioning the, the TurboCast, I was inputting those numbers here towards the end of the year to kind of see what my estimated tax return was. I was like, man, I made more this year and it was less. Like, I had to go back and double check what I claimed on my taxes, yeah. like, or on my employer, how much they were withholding on there. And nope, sure enough, it was zero. And I was like, oh, I guess it's because I made more, so I'm being taxed more. Yeah. And right? remember, so even- my tax return is less even though I made more. Right. And remember that you can claim zero, but you can also add in an additional amount per week or per pay period okay. as well. So okay. if, if you look at the form, it'll say zero, but then you can say, you know, I can withhold an extra $200 a paycheck or $100 a paycheck, and that will help you get closer. Um, you just got to fill that in, you know, um, but you can do that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. What What are some benefits to um, having an LLC? That's something else that everybody talks about. Hey, if I don't have kids, I, I got to get a business. I got to get an LLC. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of areas on that. You know, one is taxes, another one is asset protection. Um, but for on the tax side of that, you know, it's important to make sure you have the appropriate entity, you know, or LLC. Um, a lot of times, we'll see small business come, owners come in, 
and they'll like, hey, I got an LLC. And I'll say, okay, what do you got? It's sole member LLC, one person there. Well, the way the tax code works is that you pay income tax and self-employment tax all the way up to $160,000 or $168,000 in income. Really, you're doing nothing different than if you didn't have an LLC. (laughs) (laughs) So one, again, that's where a firm like ours, or we talked about earlier, you're a business owner, that you need to kind of get away from the TurboTax. Understand, when you pick an LLC, you know, is it an S-corp, a C-corp, a partnership, Mm -hmm. or sole member? And and how that's going to affect you on taxes, and that's where, like, for our firm, we sit down with the business owners and help them walk through because there are ways to reduce possible tax liability depending on your situation of, you know, is your spouse involved in the business, your kids involved in the business, is it just you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's all kind of different ways to structure businesses, uh, and, and you don't want to set up the wrong way for the yeah. business that you so, need. So I think we've clarified that um, small business owner or above, right? Anything less than a simple W-2, you need a tax professional like Chris, right? You know, a lot of new business owners, um, they start out in the business and they're trying to keep costs low. They start cutting costs in areas of utilizing other services, when in all actuality, it may be costing them more money because they're not getting the advice, they're not setting things up correctly that are actually costing them more money in the long run, right? You're starting a business because you have a product or you know something that you're an expert in, hire the experts in the other areas that you're not an expert in that will save you money. Yeah. And a lot of times that would actually make a lot of my clients actually more money because mm-hmm. when they're focusing on what they do best Absolutely. and not worrying about how much taxes they're going to pay and how that tax code works, mm-hmm. they can actually go out and make more income, which helps them out as well. Yeah. So um, leading to my next thing, the, when it comes to tax season, this is my biggest um, pet peeve um, is the tax return. Right, being a banker and seeing what a lot of people do with those tax returns, how quickly it comes in and how quickly it goes right back out. Right, um, I look at the tax return as a great time to get ahead, not behind. It's not extra money that's just coming in that we go out and blow in new phones, new you know clothes, whatever the case may be. Um, that's what I personally use as my savings for the year. So that way, come Christmas time everything else, I have the money there come. Uh, car repairs, you need something throughout the year, that money's sitting there, right? So talk to me, both you gentlemen, about what you do with your tax returns or advice that you would have with that. I'd say first off, that ties into what we talked about the first two episodes, changing mm-hmm. the mindset, you know. Um, just because I have the money doesn't mean I have to go out and uh, blow the money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like you said, I mean, I get, you know, get a tax return and I don't typically get money back. I'm, I'm that guy that asked Chris about Chris about uh, kids have graduated out, out of the household, so I've been paying. Mm-hmm. But uh, but definitely, I mean, uh, look at ways to invest it. Look at ways to, you know, to save, make money off that money. Um, you know, but with that said, there are people too, though, uh, as I call it, li- real life situations. Mm-hmm. So if I mean, if you need it. Understand what's a what what is a necessity and has yep. to be taken care of. So yeah, what's you, a need and what is a want? Right. Understanding that. So here here's one scenario because I struggle with this all the time. Is yeah, if you need it, right? You were waiting on that money. You need to come in. Your car broke down. You have to have it for the repairs. You need to buy a new car. Whatever the case may be, you got to do what you got to do. But for those and JJ, you probably don't know. Um, but I used to work in the cell phone industry. Biggest time of year was tax return season because. Everybody that got their tax returns coming in and buying the whole, everybody in the house, brand new phones, right? Is that a need or is that a want? A need, right? Keep that money. Also understand that 
if you can find yourself, put yourself in a position to get ahead, it will change things for you in the long run. So for the example, like the car, if you need a brand new car, well, what you're going to be able to buy in cash with that tax return, you're probably going to need a new car in a year or two anyways, right? Or you're going to need a lot of maintenance for it. If you can get by, if you can find another means now and save that money, next year you get another tax return, right? You got more money that you can go buy a newer lesser mileage car, something that's going to last you longer as well. So understand that maybe not just living in today if you don't have to. Live for the future. Save today so you can buy something better in the future. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. I I got a quick story for you guys, and it's it's along the same lines. But in college, when you get a Pell Grant, I had a gentleman, one of my college teammates, scholarship athlete, full scholarship, didn't have any wants, any needs. But he got his Pell Grant. Every year he'd get that Pell Grant, he wouldn't go eat where we had where we didn't have to pay anything. He'd, he'd go to the grocery store buying steaks, London broils, everything. He'd buy whatever gaming system it was, and have all the all the cartridges, everything. Mm-hmm. Blow blow his blow his total uh, eight hundred dollars. But uh, then it was a cycle that he had each semester, and by time uh, you know the semester was up, it'd be done. He'd be back at the same place. He's headed to the pawn shop, taking that stuff back. But, you know, again, we're talking about the uh, impoverished mindset um, and change that. It's the same with this, you know, we're talking about the tax return. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know, somebody's got something buzzing there. Um, no? <laughs> oh, wasn't me. Sorry about that. Yeah, but got a few minutes left here today, Chris. Any other tips, anything we missed on taxes that we should kind of... No, I actually want to go back to the, the refund part there you guys were talking about and put a, you know, bug in for you guys as well on that. Because, I mean, I, I agree with that. On that refund, I think two important things. You know, one is use it for some type of investment to get ahead. You know, put that money back in the IRA. Put that money in HSA. You know, get it somewhere where it's helping you out, especially as JJ was mentioning, as you have those life changes and you need some tax deductions, get, get it. The other side would be, number two would be, as interest rates have come up, come up you know, maybe pay down some debt mm-hmm. with that refund, right? And, and or number three, you know, this is what's actually nice to have this conversation now with you guys is that some of the accounts at the bank will pay a little bit more interest now. Yeah, actually, that's and what so I was ready to come to talk to one of you two guys. Now I can actually mm-hmm. make a little money instead of getting point one percent. You know, maybe I'm getting four or five or uh-huh. Yeah. You know, something like that, so 5% on that. Yeah. CD rate. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about, you know, changing your mindset and getting ahead. Just think of this terms that if you save now, let's just use it for Christmas, for example, because usually everybody goes in debt at Christmas time, putting things on their credit card, paying interest until March or whenever their tax return comes in to kind of pay that bill off. Um, if you can save now and cut back on costs and you have that money there saved mm-hmm. for Christmas, well, no, you don't have to no longer put it on your credit card. You don't have to pay that extra $100 in interest or whatever it costs until you can get the money from return to do that. Or to your point, right? We're in a good time period where CDs at a bank are paying decent interest. So if you can get a six-month CD right now that pays you, let's say, four and a half, five percent 5% on it, right? You know, on five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, it's not going to be a whole lot, but it's a few hundred dollars right. that you can make in that six to 12 months that that money is now available for you. Make great Christmas time. Or a great emergency fund, finally. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you just made money with that rather than spending it on something that you you don't need. So understanding the needs and the wants. Like to JJ's point, if you you need it, there's just life things that you have to do and you're just waiting on that money to come in, great. But sit back and 
diving into what we're going to talk about on the, the, the next show in a couple of weeks, budgeting, sit down and budget, right? What do you need for bills? What do you need for life necessities? And what you don't need, set that money aside, save it for later in the year, save it for the end of the year, right? Get yourself ahead, not behind. Hey, might right. be might be a nice little nest egg. You come see me, nice down payment for a house, get your mortgage. So, perfect, you know, perfect, perfect point. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You do, if you want to jump into the world of being a homeowner, right? You need to be able to show that you had money, which we, the, that line of business we call seasoned, correct? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's got to be in there for a certain period of time. If you're always spending that money, you don't have money saved for a down payment. That money hasn't been sitting in your account for a while. It's hard to get into a home. Right. And with right? higher, higher, that, higher, higher interest rates on the mortgages, good time to maybe take that refund and use it for a down payment on a house now instead of blowing it. No yep. question. No question. I got a quick question for you, though, um, as we're winding down. What are some of the uh, deductions that you see that people, whether it's a W-2, whether it's a small business owner, you know, I know stuff like people forget about uh, you pay on the state side. And they don't count a deduction on the federal the next year, stuff like that. What, what are what are some things that people so I would say on a W-2 side, you know, there's not a huge difference in that. The biggest thing would be 529 plans that you can get a deduction. That 529 plan is kind of like a savings count for uh, colleges and high schools now. It's great. You can use it for that. So that's a deduction that you can get on the uh, state side. It's not on the federal. But, you know, if you got kids in private school or pretty much any school nowadays, you know, you got I think like a 20% credit. Mm-hmm. So if you put in... Five thousand dollars to get a thousand dollars off your Indiana taxes, so that would be one area that I would look at. Uh, another area going from a, on a business owner that I've seen problems. Uh, I've had a few clients come in recently that are business owners, and they'll be like, you know, they got six kids or whatever, and they're saying, "Hey, I don't owe anything on my federal taxes, but why am I owing on my state?" Well, one of them is depreciation. The federal government will let you write off your equipment or vehicles, you know, quite a bit, almost one hundred percent most time. The state doesn't. They only let you do about 50% of that. And I may not be exact there for those CPAs out there. But, you know, you, you may only get 50% of it. So what the state does, they add back, you know, if you wrote off $80,000, they're going to add back 40000 in their state return. Now, a great thing is the state tax rates, you know, you know local and county and, and uh, state, you know, may only be 4, four or 5%, so or less than federal. But most time, people aren't prepared for that. They think in their mind, hey, if I got rid of my federal taxes because of depreciation, I'm not going to owe anything on the state. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they do. So, again, don't always think your accountant or CPA is doing it wrong. It could just be the tax code. Yeah. So that's why it's important that we, you know, for me, don't be blind to what the tax code is. You know, try to learn what you can, but also understand, you know, these are the politicians that make these rules, not the CPAs. Yeah. All we can do is follow them. So if you don't like it, vote. Vote. So speaking of that, um, obviously, you know, things within the taxes change yearly, right? Any big changes that happened this year that people should expect or that you could speak to? Not really. You know, I think with the election year coming up and uh, where we're at, you know, in the economy, there wasn't really too many changes this year from 23 to 24. They didn't want to rock the boat for the election. They didn't want to rock the boat. Um, I've heard they know lately they've been trying to do a few things that could go retroactive, which is, you know, thank you a lot politicians to go something retroactive after we're already starting tax season, right? I mean, yeah, we don't move things. Right, but we don't move the deadline, right? April 15th, but yeah, so I I personally don't believe they're going to get around getting it done. It just seems like there's too much uh, 
bickering mm-hmm. back and forth here that don't get anything done. And, but because it's like sooner or later, it's like we gotta get people's taxes done. You know, the people get complaining that April fifteenth deadline comes, they don't move it back because they now change stuff. So people are wanting stuff done. Do you do you know what day April fifteenth falls on this year? I want to say like a Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I think last year it fell on a Sunday, so they had an extra day. Yeah, or we like that. But don't forget, we got February 29th this year, so we get our extra day right there. Well, there you go. So we made up for one more day to – one more – for you. Yes. Right? Yes. That, that goes to our tax professionals. One more day for you to get work done within your two-month period. We kind of like leap year sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So, um, yeah, and then for those uh, businesses out there, um, obviously you have your extension period um, to get things done as well. Is there a date for that? Uh, the extension is usually, I think, six months. Uh, but the big thing on that one, I tell people, if they're going to file an extension – it's best if you can have all your taxes paid in or make a best guess. If you don't know and you think you made around the same or more, pay what you did last year, that will help reduce your penalties and interest. So the extension is for when you file your tax return, not when you pay your taxes. So if you can, make sure you have enough paid in so you don't get dinged as hard by the government. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great advice, uh, Chris. So um, I think that's all we have for you today. Chris, Hannah. ProTax, thanks for joining us. Welcome. JJ Foster as well. And we'll be back with you in two weeks uh, where we're going to talk about budgeting. Until then, our Nutri Voices, peace.